Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial at searchenginejournal.com forward slash audible and get your first book for free. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world and all we can think about is where... Where can I hook up my model? Digital pen part of work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Marketing Nerds. My name is Danielle Antos. I'm the Features Editor at Search Engine Journal, and I'm joined today with Carrie Jones. She's the Associate Marketing Director at Fractal. Hi, Carrie. How are you doing? Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Awesome. I'm really excited about the conversation we're going to have today. So what we want to talk about was how to responsibly create content around like news and hot button topics. Um, We were kind of talking a little bit before we started recording and uh, the mattress commercial for 9-11 came up. Um, I'll link to this in the, uh, the podcast post because if you haven't seen it, it's amazingly terrible. So it's a mattress company who wanted to have a sale for 9-11, which is a terrible idea. And during the commercial, two guys actually end up falling over, like to mimic the towers falling. So that's one way to do it really, really poorly. <laughs> I think most brands should just probably stay away from 9-11 as a whole. But Carrie, we want to talk about how to do it in a good way to make it work for, for your brand. <laughs> yeah, that's like the worst example ever of what, or it's a great example of what not to do. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you had a good example. Yeah. So we I, were talking about, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So I have an example to share of a client campaign that we did at Fractal for a client of ours named Aboto, which is, it helps you find like the right neighborhood to live in when you're moving to a new city. Um, so oh. they collect a lot of data about different neighborhoods. And then, you know, if I'm moving to New York or something, I can find like a neighborhood that fits my demographics and like the type of neighborhood I want to be in. So we did a campaign for Aboto, which was based around a very sensitive yet um, currently like a, a huge part of what's going on in um, the media, which is um, the topic of bigotry. So like racism and sexism. And we did right. a campaign around this where we scraped tweets that had derogatory language in them. And then we looked at where those tweets were coming from. And we were able to look at which states and which cities and regions were using the most derogatory language. And we from there, we used that data and we created all these maps about it. And I think it was Louisiana is what had the highest incident of um, derogatory language that they were using on Twitter. So we created all these different visual uh, graphics about the data that we collected. And this thing blew up on the internet. Um, and there's a couple of reasons that it was so popular. First of all, it's a controversial topic. You know, anytime you're discussing racism or sexism, you know, people are going to listen because it's definitely controversial. Um, but the campaign ended up getting featured on 620 on, by 620 online publishers, um, including sites like Business Insider and Yahoo. And it got more than 67,000 social shares. So this was a really good example of taking a, a bit of a risk, um, our client allowing us to take a bit of a risk but it really paid off. So, I mean, today I'm just going to talk about like some of the things we did to ensure that there wasn't a ton of backlash, how we got our clients to sign off on something like this, because this is the first thing people ask when they see something like this is, how did you ever get your client to say yes to this? <laughs> you know, what's funny is I'm pretty sure I know 
the campaign you're talking about, like you're explaining, I'm like, oh, crap, I remember seeing that. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it was back in June when we launched, or actually it was March when we launched this. So yeah, it was it was right in, you know, this firestorm of all this, especially with like, you know, the political campaigns going on. This has been a hot topic related to all of that. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was really like timely and in tying into, you know, the current conversation that was already happening. Um, so anyway, yeah, yeah that's that's super interesting. I had no idea. <laughs> we didn't talk about that beforehand. And I know exactly what this campaign you're talking about. That's funny. <laughs> All right. So how did you get your, your client to sign off? How, how did you explain it in a way where you're like, I swear to God, this isn't going to totally tank your brand. <laughs> right. So, you know, typically clients are not going to come to us and be like, hey, let's do something super controversial. Right. You know, they, they aren't coming to us asking for that. And, you know, maybe now they will now that they've seen that we've had it work for other clients. But but this client, we had been doing some pretty conservative, um, some pretty conservative content marketing campaigns for them, and we weren't seeing great success with it. So that right there, we were able to push them a little bit to let us um, try something a little riskier, because we knew, you know, to get attention, we're going to have to do something that that's going to push the envelope a little bit. So right. after having some like mediocre successes, they were more willing to let us try something new when we were able to back it up also and say. Here's some examples of things we've done for other clients that, you know, the world didn't end when we published these and mm-hmm. it was really successful. So that was that's one way, you know, once you have done a couple of campaigns for a client or you've done your own content and you see, you know, we're not really making waves with this. No one's really responding to it. That's when you can kind of turn up the volume a little bit on on what you're you know trying to do in terms of controversy. So that was one way we got them to sign off it. You know, another thing is you're your content needs to be relevant to the brands. Like you don't, you don't want to be doing something just for the sake of being controversial because in the end, it's not going to bring any value to, to you or to your client. So, you know, you need to have an idea that ties back somehow to your client. In this case for our client, you know, their, their target audience is people who are looking for a place to live and they're trying to figure out where they want to live. So, looking at like which areas are maybe more insensitive in terms of the types of language they use versus which ones are more politically correct in how they speak about people. That's actually, you know, helpful for somebody who's considering where to live. You know, if I'm a woman and I see that New Orleans is the place where people are tweeting horrible things about women, I might think twice about moving there. So it ultimately was something that tied back to the client. So we also put some safeguards in place to minimize the risk to the brand. So obviously we can't guarantee once we put something out there that nothing bad's going to happen. You know, there's internet trolls that are lurking in every corner. <laughs> yeah. you, you can't control them. You never know what they're going to do. But, you know, we could guarantee the, the client that we're going to do whatever we could to minimize any type of backlash. So, you know, we were pretty confident that we'd be able to protect the client because we'd done it so many other times with other with other camp, client campaigns. Um so it was well, kind of, a, uh, sorry, I wanted to ask, like, what does that look like? How do you, what do you, what do you do to right. keep it? Right. So the way to do that is, first of all, you need to make sure that you're not feeding the trolls at all once you publish something. Okay. So by that, I mean, you want to implement a really strict process for fact checking checking and quality assurance. So you don't want to have any mistakes in the information you're putting out there because that's just easy fodder for trolls. And even the smallest typo can be something that sets people off. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that, first of all, all of your, the information you're putting out there is factually correct. And I mean, this is true for anything that you publish, but even more so right. when you're dealing with a sensitive topic. Um, 
You also want to be really transparent about where your information came from that you're publishing. And like this is def definitely critical for any data heavy content. So you want to openly describe how and where the data was collected and then clearly list your sources. And on top of that, you want all of these sources that you're using as part of your content to be authoritative too. You don't want someone to be able to point at a source and be like, well, this is a really biased source or this isn't, you know, this is a really sketchy site that you're citing right here. So, you know, really it's kind of good journalism practices you want to have baked into your content production. Um, okay. So it's also helpful to not have an opinion in the content, which I know might sound mm. kind of weird, but you kind of just want to present the information and then let you know, let people decide for themselves. So like in the instance of this, we published um, kind of a summary of like our findings about all this Twitter data that we collected uh, on the client site. So we, we published, you know, here's where we found that people are the most derogatory towards people who are disabled. Here's where they're, you know, we, we published all this information without injecting any sort of opinion into it. We could have said something like, you know, Louisiana is extremely racist, but we didn't say that. So we left that up to the publishers who covered the content to like right. through their own filter and decide how they wanted to cover. But it wasn't coming from the client, any opinions about the data. So you, know, you can kind of let your data and your, your content just tell it the story itself. You don't need to be saying, you know, on top of presenting controversial data, you don't need to be having an opinion about it as well. So those are just a couple of ways that you can kind of minimize the risk around a controversial idea. That makes sense. Yeah, because that's, that's super, especially something with racism and sexism, which was mm -hmm. what that was related to. Mm -hmm. And then you also have like the tragedies, like the 9-11 one I was mentioning, mm -hmm. it's, you have to be so careful. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, there's definitely always going to be somebody that comes out and has something crappy to say mm -hmm. because people just like to say things from behind their, their, the anon, the anonymity, there we go. The anonymity of the keyboard. Um, but yeah, so we've gone through kind of like how to, how to get the client to do it, mm -hmm. how to, kind of safeguard and protect your client. And also I'm sure that explaining that process the way that you just did now yep. is probably helpful when you're trying to convince the, the client. For sure. Um, so like what's, what's the next step that you guys have? Cause like you said, you've done this a lot of times. So I assume you guys have another step in your process. Mm -hmm. um, so for, yeah, convincing the client and then everything I just said needs to be baked into your, your process. So you need to make sure that, like I said, you're collecting reliable information. Um, you don't want people to be able to easily poke holes in what, in what you're putting right. out there. Um, and something else that we do, which kind of just ensures that this isn't going to just be, you know, you're not just publishing something that's controversial, which in itself can be interesting, but you want to make sure that you're also weaving in other elements of highly shareable content to help to make sure that it's going to, you know, have the highest maximum the maximizing the potential for getting in front of a lot of people, you know, just saying something controversial doesn't really do much. But when you combine that with other things that have been proven to get content widely shared, then you're going to have a much greater success with this type of content. So for example, um, this campaign I'm talking about, one reason it was successful is because it had a geographic angle to it. 
Mm -hmm. um, which we've found generates a ton of interest because people want to see how their state or city ranked in, you know, content. So a lot of people um, were sharing this on social media to express either, you know, they were happy with their hometown or they were upset with their hometown based on the results. And furthermore, like the way that publishers were covering it, some regional publishers were pub- were covering this with a really positive angle, like saying, hey, look at Wisconsin, like we're like the nicest state, according to this study. So um, and then other 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 regional publishers were covering it and being like, wow, we have a lot of work to do. So it gave the story a lot, a lot of angles um, by having that geographic component to it. That's really interesting because yeah. I think about actually it just came up recently, like the top uh like safest cities in America mm-hmm. or something like that. And uh, I definitely would look, actually, I think it was the opposite of that. This one that I'm thinking of, it was like the most unsafe cities in America. So of course I want to go see if my city's on. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I've moved around a lot. So I have a lot of experience. I'm based in Chicago right now. And my mom, who won't listen to this podcast, luckily, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was not super happy about me moving to Chicago with my nine month old baby girl because she's like everyone gets killed in Chicago so I go and look they live in Tallahassee lo and behold what's on the list Tallahassee is on one of the most dangerous cities list Chicago nowhere to be seen uh, not gonna lie I kind of like hearing that about Tallahassee because I'm a gator so oh no I thought we were gonna be friends Carrie it's okay oh. it's okay <laughs> we can still get them I went to Florida State oh no go um we just got off topic. Uh, anyways, I want to take a quick break um, for a sponsor announcement, and then we'll come back, okay? Great. Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial at searchenginejournal.com forward slash audible and get your first book for free. Okay, and we're back with Carrie Jones of Fractal, and we're talking about how to cover the hot button sort of topics. Um, the example she's been talking about has been about tweets, analyzing tweets based on geographical location, which gives you kind of the information of, you know, what theoretically might be the more racist cities in um, in the United States. I really like the geographical angle, the way that you were talking about that, because so this is for an apartment search company, right? It's not a super sexy topic overall, really. Um, and so using something like this that, did go viral because if you were listening before. I hadn't realized that this is what Carrie was going to be talking about this example. And I have heard of it, which is very funny to me. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a great example. And I'm, s- that's, so I'm looking at the, uh, a Bodo. Mm-hmm. Am I saying yeah, that correctly? Um, so they're only in a couple of cities even. Mm-hmm. So what kind of, like, what were the results of this campaign for them? So, or can you share what you can share yeah, about that? Um, I don't have in terms of how it affected, I don't have like their, you know, organic right. search traffic or anything like that. Right. I don't have that in front of me. I know that it, they did get a big spike after this, obviously. Um, so obviously there was a lot of discussion about this campaign. As I mentioned, 620 publishers covered it. So, and like pretty, it, I think they got like 240 do follow links out of all of that. Nice. So that's going to have a good impact on their SEO. So this is, you know, it's not a, a company with huge brand recognition. So just something like this, where it's injecting their name into, you know, a bunch of different online publishers or talking about them and mentioning them, it's just going to help people actually, you know, a lot of people are going to go check them out. Hey, I've never heard about them. What are they all about? 
So, but beyond all of, you know, just the attention that this one campaign got, something that was really cool that happened is they saw some um, partnership opportunities come out of this. And after this campaign launched, they were approached by a nonprofit organization that wanted to collaborate with them on a similar type of piece as this. So they're hoping that, you know, by by doing something similar and partnering with a nonprofit um, with, that already has a substantial audience, they're going to get even more PR coverage out of something similar to this. So, you know, that's kind of one of those those benefits that you can't predict is going to happen is like having a company reach out to you and saying, hey, let's work together. So that's that was a really cool benefit that we saw them have from this campaign. Obviously, as huge SEO benefits from getting that many right. links, that many relevant links and um, on good sites, you know, like I said, sites like Business Insider, Yahoo, Slate, CNET, uh, the Daily Beast, Adweek, like some really high authority sites were linking to them. So that's going to give them a big boost in terms of, um, of their SEO. That's really interesting. Actually, I'm going to ask you, Carrie, to submit the link because they're, they're about to get a link from SCJ. <laughs> this yeah. is fascinating. And I'm assuming everyone who's listening is going to want, I'd want to look at it. I want to look at it now. So Great. Um, I'm going to get huge brownie points at the client. Then. <laughs> um, so we're getting pretty close to time, but I want to ask real quick. So if you had to give one piece of advice to a brand that's considering kind of mimicking a similar, a similar process, mm-hmm. what would you say? Um, well, like I said, you don't want to just be controversial for the sake of it. It needs, it needs to be relevant to you because unless you just want to get a ton of attention online, there needs to be some sort of end goal, whether that's brand awareness or just like associating your brand with a certain topic, you need to make sure that, that you're doing a a piece of content that like has something to do with your brand. Mm -hmm. On that note, something that we tell our clients all the time is if we are doing content that is directly about your brand, it's not going to really do that well. And we see this time and time again, that when a client gives us a bit of a longer leash to explore some topics that are related to their brand, but not completely tied back to it, is that's when we really see a lot of success. So that's across the board, not even just for controversial content. That's advice that I would give to anybody. It's kind of, you know, step outside of your vertical a little bit and maybe like do some content that's related, but not exactly about what you do, unless you're in a really interesting vertical. Like for example, travel, you can do a million interesting travel campaigns, but maybe you're a a B2B software company Mm -hmm. and, you know, nobody's inherently that interested in B2B software. So you might want to explore some more general business topics that are still going to reach your target target audience, but they're not directly about B2B software. So that's just across the board advice. And additionally, that works for this too, though, because you still want to make sure that you're tying this back to your to what your company does somehow. Because obviously yeah. you could you could put something super controversial out there. I mean, you know, religion or politics, take your pick. And but <laughs> it's not necessarily going to help your business in the long run. <laughs> That's a really good point with with the allowing the people that you work with um, for brands to allow them Mm -hmm. to publish related content. And that's something that I struggle with, Um, especially if you're working with smaller brands. I have a lot of experience working with some of the smaller brands, especially uh, in the restaurant business. And they just don't understand Mm -hmm. if it's not. But you didn't even mention my company. Uh, Yeah, exactly. That's like, it's really hard to explain. And I I struggle sometimes to find the words. So anytime anyone can, will share that information like Carrie just did, I appreciate it. <laughs> and I just, 
Yes. Sometimes it's helpful for someone to hear it from somebody else other than you. So feel yes. free to forward this this conversation to anybody. <laughs> Just take out a billboard. Exactly. Um, yeah, selling's definitely changed. It's not, you know, it used to be even when I was a kid, you know, just the commercials on TV, that, that was, that's how you sold stuff. And now it's, it's so different and it's so much more interesting, um, in my opinion. Right. So and on that note, uh, just one last thought I was, I had a speaking engagement last week and I, it was on digital PR and I just presented some, you know, takeaways on digital PR tips and, and afterwards somebody asked a question. It was like, they didn't even pay attention to anything I said in my talk. And they were like, so does this mean we can't create content directly about our product? And I was like, that's exactly what I've just been telling you for 30 minutes. Of course, you know, like, no, you're no one's going to want to, no media is going to want to talk about your product. Like you can't pitch, you know, a publisher about your product and expect them to cover it. You have to give them a little more to chew on. So, yeah, I see a lot of, um, I'm in a lot of marketing groups on Facebook. That's my new favorite thing, by the way. (laughs) It's all the Facebook groups. Um, and people trying to do the press releases and, Nobody cares. Yeah, like, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand why that's really like. You're not Apple. You're not Google. Exactly. No, nobody cares. And I that, promise. That was the example I said. Unless you're like Airbnb or Uber, who are just like really interesting companies, no one's no one cares. Or <laughs> if you have like a huge fan base that is actually going to be interested that you changed your product in some right, way. Right. Exactly. Well, awesome. Thank you, Carrie. And I, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you the Gators. <laughs> All of my brothers are Florida State fans, so I can still <laughs> love Seminoles. It's possible. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I appreciate it. This was a great topic. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.